Welcome to another podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. You can find out more about CGI Burlington on our website at cgiburlington.org. We finished last time with Acts 3, and uh, if you'll recall, Acts 1, they were basically instructed to wait in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father, which was the Holy Spirit. And they were counting. Christ had been with them for 40 days, educating them on the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then they were counting an extra 10 days to get to the Feast of Pentecost. And they were all in one accord, observing the day of Pentecost, when they received the Holy Spirit. And then immediately, uh, the Apostle Peter began to preach to the Jews the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, 3,000 souls were converted. Then we went to Acts 3, and in Acts 3, uh, the apostles were on their way to the temple, and there was a man who was lame from birth, uh, could not walk from birth, and he was in front of the temple. Uh, As people go to worship, uh, that would be a natural thing for them to do, to give alms as part of their worship. So he was strategically situated in front of the temple so that he would receive alms of the people. And when he looked at Peter and was asking for alms, uh, Peter basically told him to stand up. And he was miraculously healed. Everybody knew this man, knew that he was 40 years old and was lame from birth. And then they saw him in the temple uh, worshiping God, and they worshiped God as well. And, now, and, and then Peter used that miracle to basically do the same thing that he did in, in Acts chapter 2, which was to preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ and to use it as an opportunity to say, we didn't do this by our own power. We did this through the power of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. Uh, so he had become very bold now with the Holy Spirit to be able to tell the Jews and the leaders that they were the ones who crucified Jesus Christ. And so now... We come to, actually, let's just go to Acts 3 and pick up the end of Acts 3. And beginning in verse 24, it says, Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in your seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. And now we come to verse 1 of chapter 4. And as they spoke unto the people, so they are preaching the gospel to the people. As they're preaching the gospel to the people, the priests... And the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. So it's the people in authority that started to have a problem with this doctrine. This doctrine was somehow undermining them. And so they took a position against the apostles. Verse 2, being grieved, being grieved that they taught the people. And not just that they taught the people, and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So the Sadducees in particular 
did, did not believe in the resurrection. So they taught the exact opposite. These are leading people who did not believe in the resurrection. And here, with power, we have the apostles preaching Jesus Christ being resurrected from the dead and that, that he was the forerunner of the first fruits. So they were grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And so they lay, laid hands on them, so took them by force, and put them in hold or put them in prison until the next day, for it was now evening. So they couldn't have court in the evening. So they basically put them in prison uh, to, to, to have them go to trial the next day. Verse 4. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed. So one thing we should see, brethren, as we study the book of Acts, uh, we, we mentioned um, in Acts 1, Luke made it clear that the first, first Luke was about what Christ began to teach and to do. And second Luke, or the book of Acts, is about the things he continued to teach and to do. So what we're seeing here is Christ in action. And what we saw in the Gospels was Christ hated. They hated Christ. They betrayed Christ. They persecuted Christ. And Christ's message to his disciples and the apostles is, if they've hated me, they'll hate you. You're not above me. So the book of Acts is not just this sort of lovely story about the early church. It's a story of persecution. It's a story that those who are faithful to Christ will be persecuted. But we will be given power to preach Christ. And with the boldness that we preach Christ, people are going to hear and they're going to see and they're going to believe. The instructions to the apostles were, wait here in Jerusalem, or to the disciples, I should say, wait here in Jerusalem until Pentecost, when you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? So that you can become my martyrs. This is a calling to martyrdom. This is a calling. This is not a calling to let's hold hands and go skipping and call ourselves Christians. This is a calling to martyrdom. And as we go through the book of Acts, this is what we're going to see. Intense persecution. You better know what you believe. You better know what you believe. There's, there's persecution coming on the church so that brother will betray brother. This is not a party. This is commitment. And so because of this commitment that they're willing to be imprisoned or being killed, people hear what they're preaching. They hear the conviction with which they're preaching. And many of them, verse 4, which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. So we saw that there were 120 that were gathered together at Pentecost. They preached with boldness after receiving the Holy Spirit. 3,000 were added. Then we see this miracle occur. We see them continuing to preach with boldness. 5,000 men are added. doesn't say the families. So, you know, wife, children, they've all now come into the faith. So the church is growing how? Through persecution. Through conviction in the face of persecution. They didn't run and hide. They preached Christ boldly. Verse 5, And it came to pass on the morrow that their ruler, so they had to stay in prison overnight, so then the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes. So, so notice that it's those who have something to lose. People don't play with power. When they have power, they want to hold on to it. 
And this message was undermining their authority. So the rulers, the elders, the scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? This referring to the miracle of the lame man. That this man was lame from birth. Everybody knew that. And suddenly he's jumping and dancing and leaping and praising God. They want to know by what power or what authority have you done this. Let's go to Luke 12. Hold your, hold your place here. And these things are written for us, brethren. They they are written for us. We have to take heed and and realize these examples are for us. Luke 12, and beginning in verse 4, it says, And I say unto you, my friends, uh, this is, uh, I have a red letter Bible. This is all in red. So these are the words of the Lord. This is Jesus Christ instructing. And I say unto you, my friends, do not be afraid of them that kill the body. That's our instruction. We cannot be fearful people. We are Christians. We're not afraid. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. That's it. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he has killed has the power to cast into Hades. Yes, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than sparrows. This is the instruction that the apostles have in their mind as they're facing the court. As they're facing these very powerful men, they've been told, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Are not, are you, verse 7, you are of more value than many sparrows. Verse 8, also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denies me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. We have to cement this in our minds. If we deny Christ, he'll deny us. If we confess Christ regardless of threat, regardless of situation, regardless of circumstance, he will confess us to the Father. And that should mean more to us than anything. Anything. The world is changing. Our world is changing. So this is the instruction that they had directly from Christ. Verse 10 And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven. And when they bring you unto the synagogue, so here we go. When they bring you unto the synagogues and unto the magistrates and powers, this is where where they are now, take you no thought how or what thing you shall answer or what you shall say. 
For the Holy Spirit shall teach you in the same hour what to say. And so that's the relationship that we have to have with God. That's the, the flowing of the Holy Spirit that we have to have as a community, that we don't have to worry. The, the Holy Spirit will bring to mind and enable us to say what needs to be said to whomever is persecuting at that hour when we need it. Look at um, 21 of First Luke. So First Luke, Second Luke, let's go to First Luke. So remember, he's writing all this in a continuum. He's showing us how it all ties together. Verse 12 of Luke 21. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you. So that's exactly what's happening to them now in Acts 4 or or 2 Luke 4. Uh, Before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Remember, there are to be witnesses. That's, that's the whole purpose. That receive, you know, Stay in Jerusalem, receive the Holy Spirit, so that you can become my witnesses. And so here, here's the instruction when you become. It shall turn to you for a testimony or a witness. Settle it, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. So just set your, set your mind, I'm just going to be close to God. I'm going to be full of the Holy Spirit. I don't have to worry about how I'll answer the words will be given to me. Verse 15. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist. So, so we need to be studying the word of God. Know it well. So that when our adversaries come, the, the Holy Spirit will give us words of wisdom based on our study. We have to study. We have to know the word of God so that the Holy Spirit can give us recall. But if it's not there, then what are we recalling? It has to be there. So we have to be spending this time of peace in study so that when we are under persecution, the Holy Spirit will recall for us what we shall say. And our adversaries will not be able to gainsay or resist these words of wisdom. And notice this, verse 16. This, this, is, this is instructions that the apostles, as, as we go into Second um, Luke 4, or Acts 4, they're coming upon this persecution. This, this is it now. This, this is their life. This is what they've been called to. So they're going to be remembering these instructions. It's coming upon us as well. And we have to have these instructions. Now look at verse 16. This is what we're a part of. You shall be betrayed. This is what we're called to. Hopefully, we're not the betrayer. The betrayer is the weak. The betrayer is the faithless. The betrayer is Eve, who's thinking of herself. Christianity is not about self. You stay in Jerusalem until you receive power. Why? So that you can be put to death. It's not about you. This is something much, much bigger than you. So if we accept Christianity, we're not thinking of ourselves. We're part of something really big. And we're thinking of the grand design. We're thinking of others. So you can't, I I can't be a betrayer if I'm committed to Christ and his plan. I can become a betrayer if I'm worried about myself. 
and my skin. But we're in a community, and Christ was in a community, and Christ was betrayed because there was somebody there thinking of themselves. So this thing that we're building here, this community, matters. This is of the utmost importance that we build community and commitment to one another. Verse 16, and you shall be, this is not maybe, this is such intense persecution is coming that people who are afraid and weak and thinking of themselves will give you up. You shall be betrayed both by parents, even your own family, and brethren, and kinsfolks, and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. So some of you faithful will be put to death. You won't betray. You'll be martyred. But your martyrdom will preach the gospel. I think it was one of these uh, false fathers that actually said uh, something, I think it was Tertullian, who said, the death of the martyrs are the seeds of the church. Or the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And that it was through martyrdom that the gospel spread. So some of us will be put to death through this betrayal. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. This is something we have to look through history, brethren, and see that the history of mankind is about the hatred of God and the hatred of God's people. That's it. There is this, there's this doctrine of Nimrod that is expressed in different ways at different times, but it is always targeted against the people of God. And so those of us who are of God, we shall be hated. We shall be hated. There will be an intense hatred toward us, of all men. Why? Because of Christ. But there shall not a hair of your head perish. In your patience possess you your souls. So these are the instructions from the Master that the disciples, the apostles would have as they receive the Holy Spirit and then begin to become the witnesses for Christ. So let's go back to Acts 4. So they know with the Holy Spirit, they don't have to worry about what they're going to say, nor do they have to worry about persecution or even being put to death or even being betrayed. That the very brethren that they're sacrificing for in that number would be betrayers. But they don't have to worry about this because even the hair on their head is numbered and not a hair would fall to the ground without God's permission. They're more of more worth than sparrows. And a sparrow doesn't fall to the earth without God's knowledge. So this is, this is the, the knowledge that they have to go into this mission with. Acts 4, continuing in verse 8. Notice they had waited until Pentecost to receive the Holy Spirit. Now they're busy. Acts 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. That was the whole point. Wait, until, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. Now that you have it, go to work and be my martyrs, be my witnesses. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them, he didn't have to think about what he was going to say. The, the master told him, the Spirit will give you utterance. The Spirit will, will speak for you and give you wisdom that cannot be withstood. So filled with the Holy Spirit, he said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, so notice it's the, it's the ruling class that has the problem. 
you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. So we're being called to account. Why? Because we were kind? Because somebody has been disabled from birth and we freed him from that disability? And so this is why we're being scrutinized? Okay, be it known unto you that this good deed, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. I know you don't believe in the resurrection, but we saw him. You killed him, and we saw him. There is a resurrection. Whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. So there seems to be a bit of a, uh, a dichotomy here. There's a bit of a conflict here. Jesus Christ is in the middle. On one side are the crucifiers, and on the other side is God who raised him from the dead. So if you crucified him, and God raised, God didn't want him dead. God raised him from the dead. Uh, you're not with God. You're, you're on the opposite side of God. I know you're rulers and you're elders, and we're to respect you as our religious leaders, but I'm telling you, you're not on the, team, the same team as God, which means that, well, there's only the devil's team left. Whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, does this man stand here before you whole? This is great boldness that they have. This is the stone which was set at nothing of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. So maybe, brethren, I'll just pause there and uh, just see if there's any comments or additions or questions. Any thoughts? I'll give you a minute, then I'll have some water. We're good. In uh, Luke, yeah. Luke 16, there are the yes. people that will betray. <clears throat> it says parents and uh, brothers and relatives. Are those true believers that are betraying true believers, or is it non-believers betraying true believers? Yeah, it's the latter. It's yeah. uh, it's non-believers. It's people who um, are in your family. They're in the community, mm-hmm. but they don't truly. They have not committed themselves to Christ. Right. And when, I guess the, the test of faith is your willingness to die for what you believe in. And when the sword comes to them, they sing like a canary because they don't want to die. Whereas when the sword comes to the true believer, do your worst. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's carry on. So this Acts 4 and verse 11 This is the stone which was set at nothing by you builders, which has become the head of the corner. He's actually quoting from the scriptures, from Psalm 118, which they would know fully. Let's go to Psalm 118 and look at the passage that that he's quoting from. So the situation where he's quoting, we're in a situation where there's a man who's been disabled from birth, who through God's mercy, he's been made whole. We're in a situation where Christ 
has been crucified, but through God's mercy, he's been brought back to life. And now they're scrutinizing him, and he quotes from Psalm 118. So they would know where he's quoting from, that the stone that you rejected has become the head of the corner. Psalm 118 and verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord. Why? For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, the Levites, that his mercy endures forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endures forever. I called upon the Lord in distress. So this is now a prophecy of Christ. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord takes my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. So if we drop down. So again, just showing that God is on my side, not on your side. And look now at verse 16. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me sore, but he has not given me over unto death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee for you have heard me and are become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech you, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which has shown us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. You are my God, I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. So very, very clear that the Lord supports Christ. And the Lord has not left Christ in the grave. And so this, the stone that they have rejected has become the head corner stone. Verse 12 of Acts 4. So again, this is Peter who was afraid of these men before. Now he has the Holy Spirit and he's just full of boldness. And he's telling them, you crucified this man and this is the power that we are working these miracles in. This stone that you rejected has become the head of the corner. Verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name. It's Christ, period. It doesn't say that, you know, look out for another prophet. No, Christ, that's it. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. So, you know, this would be like us today. We don't have any credentials. We didn't go to any seminary. But we can take anybody 
with any credentials and preach the word of God. And they would just be like, who are you? So these men have no credentials, and yet they marvel that they knew the scriptures, the Holy Spirit giving them the wisdom. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Indeed, they had. And what they didn't realize is that for 40 days after his resurrection, Christ was instructing them, teaching them directly. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So here he is. Everybody knows that he was disabled from birth, and he's right there in the midst of them. So there's no denying that there is some power. A miracle has taken place here. All the people see it. All the people are praising God. They're stuck. They can't speak against them. Verse 15. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. So they needed, they needed a moment, right? They needed to talk privately, so they're just conferring among themselves, saying, and, and so obviously somehow this knowledge came to Luke afterward, what happened when they were conferring among themselves. Verse 16, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them, is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. So that would be their first line of defense to say it didn't happen, but it did happen, so we can't deny it. Verse 17, but that it it spread no further among the people. So, So let's try to contain it. We can't deny it. Let's try to contain it. That it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And this, brethren, is a, I really want to call this to, to your attention. Okay, The power that Satan has over us is the fear of death. Okay? The power that Satan has over us is self-gratification. So the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians, I'm afraid that the same technique that the devil used to deceive Eve he'll use to deceive you. And that is appeal to self-gratification. Appeal to the self. The Holy Spirit empowers us to overcome self so that Satan's offer of self-gratification falls on deaf ears. We're not in this for ourselves. Satan's threat of extinguishing us falls on deaf ears. We're not here for ourselves. As long as we're wrapped up in ourself, Satan has power over us. We have to set our mind that we are for Christ. We are bought with a price. We belong to Christ. Whatever Christ determines is our fate, we're good with that. Because we trust him. So here, they think their power over the apostles is to threaten them. And this is when you see people betray one another, when they're threatened. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, Let's, let's seriously threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them, so they had their little council, and this is what they decided to do, let's really seriously threaten them, that they're not to preach Christ. Then they called them 
verse 18, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Well, that should settle it. Our problem is solved. Okay, we really, we really threaten them this time. Okay, you guys can go. Verse 19 begins with the word but. Peter and John have a different idea. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God, remember we told you, Christ is in the middle. You're on one side that killed Christ. God is on the other that resurrected Christ. You're not on the same side as God. So we heard your threat. Now, whether Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it be right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge that. You think about that. We represent God. We've been instructed by God to preach Christ. You're telling us not to. You decide what the right answer should be. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And we saw Jesus Christ resurrected. We, we spoke with him. He taught us. We know what we saw. We handled him after his crucifixion. We can't help but preach the resurrection. I know it doesn't sit well with you that you deny the resurrection, that you're in positions of authority, and you've taught the people there is no resurrection. We're preaching the resurrection. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, so we're going to really double up now and, and further threaten them, then they let them go, hoping that should do it, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. So this miracle of the lame man being made whole, it had a tremendous impact on everybody that was in Jerusalem. And everybody knew it was from God. So they couldn't punish the people for the miracle of God. The best they could do is hope to silence the apostles. To say, do not, do not preach this name anymore. Verse 22. Well, for all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was shown. And being let go, they went into their own company. So the apostles were let go. They went to their community. So there's a lot, there's, you know, at least 8,000 men that believe, probably more. But it would be like, say, if Murray and I were released and we've got 10,000 followers, we come back to Burlington. We come back to our community. Okay? So this, this building of community matters. We need to know who we can trust. So they went back to their community. They went back to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So this was quite a traumatic experience, and they're sharing everything that happened. And when they heard that, so this is the community now listening to what had happened, their response was to lift up their voice to God with one accord. So the whole community praised God, worshipped God. That was their response. They know that Christ said, the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom what to say. And so they realized this is exactly what's happening now, exactly as Christ had taught them. And they praised God and worshipped him, prayed to him and said, Lord, 
You are God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. They weren't confused. They didn't think, well, Christ could be God. Hare Krishna could be God. Maybe we came from monkeys. They, they weren't like entertaining multiple explanations for their existence. They knew this God of Israel, he is God. And they praised him and worshipped him. You're the God that made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything that's in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And he is quoting here from Psalm 2. Uh, Psalm 2 speaks about the heathens raging and the kings of the earth setting themselves against God and, uh, and God setting his king in Zion. Okay. Actually, let's just take a look at that. Psalm 2. So remember, this is all they have for scripture are the Hebrew scriptures. The book of Acts is not written yet. They're, they're living it out. So the scriptures they have are the Hebrew scriptures, and they're praising God and reminding each other of the scripture prophecy in Psalms 2. Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. And, and they really do rage. When we get to the book of Revelation, they are raging against God, against Jesus Christ. And you're wondering, why do they rage? But they do. They're in the snares and the bonds of the devil, and they're raging against Christ. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together, against the Lord and against his anointed. So, so brethren, this is prophecy. This is prophecy. There are some very powerful kings on the earth. We, we just saw some of the wealth that these kings of the earth have. The prophecy says that the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Throughout time, what we see in history is hatred for God's people. Whether you call it uh, hatred for the Jew in uh, Nazi Germany, or, or hatred for the Jew in Islam, or, or persecution of the Christian, it's all the same thing. Those who are in power, Satan is the God of this world. Those who are in power are under his dominion, and he hates the people of God. And so they will take counsel together. They will figure it out, because they have one common enemy, the people of God. That's us. But why do they do this? It's a losing battle, and yet they do it. They say, let us break their bonds. So it's against the Lord. If they've hated God, Christ says, if they hated me, they'll hate you as well. You're not above the master. So they take counsel together against the Lord, but not just against the Lord, against his anointed. 
the prophecy says that those who curse Abraham, God will curse. So whether we're talking of the physical descendants of the covenant or the spiritual, anybody who curses Abraham's seed, God will curse. Saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. So, you know, people say anything you say, a conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. This is the conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy fact that the kings of the earth counsel together to destroy the people of God. There are people on earth with wealth, with power, who hate you, who want to destroy you. This is what the scripture says. And they are counseling together without your knowledge. That's called a conspiracy. So there is conspiracy fact. Yeah, there's lots of conspiracy theory. But let's not get confused and think that we can dismiss everything as conspiracy theory. There's conspiracy fact. This is it. They say, let us break their bands completely and cast away their cords from us. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. So not a hair from my head or yours can fall without God's knowledge. So God knew that I was going to be bald. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. So nothing happens without God's knowledge. And we just have to have that comfort, brethren. That, yeah, there is conspiracy. Yeah, those in power hate God and hate the people of God. And we have to accept that. But they're on the losing side. As the, those who were confronting the apostles were beginning to realize that Christ had been resurrected, though they put him to death. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in confusion. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. When you touch the anointed, that creates sore displeasure in God. And he's going to speak to them out of his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon the holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, you are my son. This day have I begotten you. Ask of me and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. So all this wealth that's in the earth is coming to the people of God under Christ. They shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like potters, like a potter's vessel. So this is unfortunate, but this is their fate. Be wise now, therefore, O you kings. So this is the part that the council would know very well. This is what Peter and John are alluding to when they quote Psalm 2. Be wise now, therefore, O you kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So this, even though he's just quoting one verse in Psalm 2, the scribes, the, the Sadducees, the elders, they know exactly what he's referring to. And it is this call to repentance and not to be up against the Lord. It won't end well. It won't end well. And so the, the brethren are comforting each other with this knowledge that, 
those who rage against God, it will not end well for them. Uh, Psalm, uh, Acts 4, back to Acts 4. So, sorry, here in Acts 4, they're comforting each other. So they've, they've recounted what's happened, they've prayed, and they've quoted uh, David, who is really uh, prophesying of Christ, that it won't end well for anybody who's in opposition to Christ. The whole earth is going to be subjected to his rule. Verse 27, For of a truth, against your holy child Jesus, whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel, were gathered together. So all the, they were all colluding with each other, conspiring together. For to do whatsoever your hand and your counsel determined before it to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto your servants. So, so notice how they, they've threatened us. Now, grant unto us that with all boldness, we may speak your word. So it's not that, um, behold their threatenings, give us a way of escape. That's not, they were not called to a way of escape. They were called to be martyrs. And so they accept that. They accept that. What they're asking for is boldness. To preach the word with boldness so that people can see their conviction and repent. So grant, you've heard their threatenings. Now grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And again, this is the community praying for the apostles. The community coming together and asking God to give the apostles the boldness that they need. By stretching forth, verse 30, your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, so now they finished praying, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. It's almost like a, a, maybe a small earthquake. And they were all, all of them filled with the Holy Spirit. And notice the, the answer. So they're praying for the ability of the apostles to preach with boldness. When they finish praying, the, the place shakes, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So tomorrow, brethren, we're going to be observing the day of Pentecost, the very day that they were waiting for, to receive the Holy Spirit so that they could preach the word with boldness. And I think we have to go into Pentecost with this sense of remembering the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to run up and down and skip through the meadow. It's to preach the word of God with boldness against all, any and all opposition. And that's what they did. And when they prayed for more, they even received more to do more of the same. To preach the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. So there was this real sense of purpose, sense of mission. And this material life they weren't after this. They knew this is over. They were after the kingdom. And so anything they had, they just shared with each other so that everybody had what they needed because they were on a mission that was beyond this life. And with great power 
gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So this is it. This is what it's all about. It's all about the resurrection of Christ. And they preach this with great power. And great grace was upon them all. So the whole community was filled with the Holy Spirit. The whole community had this great sense of purpose. And the whole community had the grace of God upon them. Neither was, verse 34, there any among them that lacked. For as many were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Maybe in the future we will do something like this again. But this is not necessarily saying this is what we have to do. It's descriptive rather than prescriptive. So it's saying this is what they did. Okay? But maybe in the future we will have to do something like this again. We have, we have the, uh, the principle here that there's a grand purpose and we do whatever we have to to fulfill that purpose. Verse 36. And Jose, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it. So he seems like he had a big piece of property. He sold it, and he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And then we're going to go into chapter 5 now, where we see Ananias and Sapphira, I believe that those are the couple, do basically the same thing and be put to death. And when you realize that this is a community that's under intense persecution, they couldn't afford to have false brethren among them. So the Holy Spirit smoked them out as false brethren. But here you see this, uh, this believer here selling his land, taking all the money, giving it to the apostle. Why? Because there's a purpose. There's a mission. And we have to fulfill the mission. So I believe that ends Second Luke 4 or Acts 4. Any more comments or questions on Acts 4 before we conclude? Yes, Brother Gord. Wait for the mic, please. Brother Gord. Uh, just for the, for the recording. Yes, I think all of us who have been baptized and received the Holy Spirit, even though at first just a bit, bit of it, and then more and more as we progressed, have had similar things happen that either something maybe we shouldn't call it persecution like these uh, brethren had but we've had times when it just said say nothing just be quiet other times they have given you strong words to say and I think I would say that everyone who not just here in our little room but who have the Holy Spirit have, and, and had it for quite a while have witnessed to this. It has happened to them. Yes. And it, it's, it, it so relates to this. You can re- it makes you then relate to this. Very good. Not to fear anything. That's right. That's nobody right. can do anything. That's right. Nobody can do anything to me yeah. except kill me. But in a sense, that's a relief because when I wake up, Christ will be there. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true and thank you for that. I think... Um, the added dimension that we need to be ready for is they were preaching, first of all, under the Roman Empire, 
and then secondly among the the Jewish uh, stalwarts, you know, the people who were not accepting Christ uh, and just remaining with their institution. And so they were under the authority of these men. So they're being dragged into court, then they're going to be dragged into the Roman courts. We've done all right here. You know what? Get up, brush your teeth, wash your face, have breakfast, go to work. Tell them, oh, this is a holy day. I won't be coming in. They say, okay, no problem. Uh, And so any conflict we've had has been more of a personal nature where somebody says to you, you know, uh, why do you believe what you believe? And you explain to them. Okay. We haven't had the sword at our throat. We haven't had the gun at our head. And, And we haven't had the whole government coming down on us and saying, you better deny Christ because we see worship of Christ as blasphemy. We haven't had that. But it's coming. It's, it's happening overseas right now. And it's coming here. In fact, it's already on the land. We don't see it yet, but it's already on the land. So I think, I think you're right. I think the experiences we've all had, we should take as encouragement that we can do this. And, and, and face whatever is coming because it is, it, it, it's coming and it's coming in a severe way. In fact, even for the jo- gentleman here that's uh, joined us, the hotel manager, he is fully aware. Hi, Hi there. Hi. Good, thanks. Fully aware of what's happening overseas and the threat of Christians and the persecution of Christians overseas. And it's, uh, it's coming. I think there was another... I just want to point out something that maybe you already know, maybe not, because in Psalms um, 2, that the council that was taking, taking part, the whole world going against, was against two, against the Lord, which is Yahweh, and against his anointed. And if you go back to um, Acts chapter 4, explain that the anointed one is the holy child, Jesus Christ. So that's going to be the main conflict in the world come down to who's going to deny the Father and Son, and who's going to stand for the Father and Son. And that's going to be the determining factor, both in like the world and also in the religious circle. Um, as you know, uh, the doctrine of the Trinity is a very huge doctrine. And historically, those who have denied such a doctrine have been put to death. So it's something to take note of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so whether it's the doctrine of the Trinity, there, there's all different doctrines. Even we'll talk about Nazism as a doctrine. All of these doctrines are designed to destroy faith in Christ. That, that's the agenda. So they're all coming at it different ways. It has one objective. Destroy faith in Christ and get, get Christians to deny Christ. That's it. That's the agenda. So, so we absolutely have to be ready for that. Great. Thank you for that. That's interesting to see that Barnabas was a Levite, but he owned a property. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, but he owned it in Cyprus, so I guess it was allowed for a Levite to own property outside of Israel. That is very interesting. I, I did not notice that. Yeah, so maybe that's the case. But we know um, from the book of Malachi that the Jewish community became unfaithful to the Levites. And the Levites had to moonlight. The Levites had to make a living. So, you know, it's 400 years have passed from the time of Malachi, when the people of God stopped tithing, stopped supporting the Levites. Levites had to go and make their own living. Malachi tried to reform them, uh, but maybe that's, that this is the outgrowth of that, 
that the Levites just basically had to fend for themselves. Thank you. Great. Thanks. This has been a podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. We hope you are blessed by it. To find out more about CGI Burlington, visit our website at cgiburlington.org.